Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good afternoon. It's a Tuesday. It is the 6th of June. We are waiting for the RBA to make its interest rate call at 230 this afternoon here in Sydney, and uh, no doubt that uh, rates will color some of the conversation over the next hour. We'll be talking 11 stocks in detail. Great to be here with you. Joining me for the full hour, we've got Rudy Philippe van Dijk joining us from FN Arena. Good day, how are you? So happy we're not gonna talk about the RBA. Oh, I know, and we've got Philip Pepe joining us from Sean Partners. Hello, I'm You like- doing well? <laughs> yeah, you know, you just can't get away from it. Um, I was going to, you know, pick baby bunting maybe as the stock of the day. Massive downgrade there. Well, no, a yet, massive yet, sell-off a, yet on the downgrade. One, yes, yet another exactly. one. I was chatting on this program with June Bay Lu and Adam Dawes after you know we saw a downgrade coming from Adairs last week, and I mm. said, like, watch out below all these retailers. Mm. You've got to be so careful around. I also was going to choose the ASX potentially as the stock of the day today, down mm. by double digits at at this stage of the game. Mm. You know, after it come out with this five-year strategy and real big costs associated with chess. I've been predicting now, we are, we are seeing the return of, of confession season. Yeah. We've now had two or three years that basically non-existent. And this year it's back with a vengeance. Now, right? we're, we're running into August. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, that's, that's when companies come to the conclusion, we're not going to make the forecast. Yeah. And it's, it's basically happening in spades now. I think we will see a lot more of the next few weeks. Yeah, we, we have had a lot of these confessions coming through, particularly in those areas of the market related to consumers. Printing Global could have been the stock of the day today. It did come out with a tightening of its guidance, in fact, a small upgrade to its guidance. But that is not what we picked. I'm going to keep you on tenter hooks to find out what that is while I take you through the companies that we will be discussing in the next half hour. Motorcycle Holdings. Blue Scope Steel, Levisa Premier Investments, Southern Cross Electrical as well. So yeah, guys, I did change the order slightly so we could have that retail discussion all together. Um, look, retail does creep into the stock of the day though, doesn't it? It is Sigma. Last I checked, shares were up by 22%. That was just a few moments ago, just afternoon here in Sydney. SIG is the ticker code. Now it's been awarded a chemist warehouse supply contract it runs for five years and it's expected to generate at least three billion dollars in revenue in the first year of the contract that sounds like a lot and this will give chemist warehouse the rights to acquire non-core assets from sigma the ceo is talking up the scale and momentum that this deal does do for the company sigma healthcare so back to my guests who not had a chance to say a lot so far. <laughs> um, Philip Pepe from Sean Partners, Sigma Pharma. I know you're pretty keen to talk about this one today. Three billion in its first year of revenue. So 
th- uh, Chemist Warehouse currently is supplied by two companies, yeah. uh, Sigma Health and EBOS. So there's yeah. two parts of the contract. So Chemist Warehouse is a, re- a pharmacy store, it does pharmacy, also does front of store. Actually makes more money out of the front of its store th- than it does th- through the back yep. of its store. It probably does 80% fast moving consumer goods. 20% prescriptions. I was there on the weekend and yep. uh, yeah, picked up a bunch of stuff I didn't know I was going in there for. Same as Bunnings, you walk in, you don't walk out empty handed, which is why they didn't like um, working from home or shopping online mm. because nobody walks into Chemist Warehouse just for what they wanted to buy. They walk out with five different other things that are on sale. Um, so the current contract is split um, between EBOS, which is listed, and Sigma Health. So EBOS does the prescription bit, back of store, which is worth about two billion and Sigma does the front of store, which is worth about a bill. So you put the two together, there's two bill. Um, so that's how, so I guess three bill, that's where the three billion contract okay. comes from. If you go back a few years, Sigma used to have the whole contract. Used to service I the remember whole contract. that, yeah. and then they lost yeah. it, which was devastating to, for it. It was, yeah. uh, they lost it to a combination of EBOS and DHL. DHL actually took on the front of store component was never able to service it, never actually took it on, so it actually stayed with Sigma in the end. So it was a massive stuff up by the DHL group, which is a large logistics company that shows you how complex this contract is. DHL couldn't service it. That billion dollars went back to Sigma uh, and it's been there for five years. This, so this contract still got one year to go. Because of its complexity, if Chemist Warehouse is going to make a change, it needs to flag 12 months in advance, which is what it's basically doing. So the current status quo will remain for 12 months. And then first uh, of July next year, the whole three billion transfers back to Sigma. It's currently got one bill. So on a pro forma basis, um, Sigma does about three point five bill revenue. This will take it up to five and a half bill. So it's it's a sixty percent increase in revenue, proportionately increase in um, in uh, in profit. You would have thought. A couple of extra things um, as part of the transaction. Chemist Warehouse will end up with about eleven percent of Sigma. That's important because this contract comes up for renewal every five years, and if your major customer is also a major shareholder, chances are it's not going back to EBOS in five years' time because you're now dealing with a related party. So it was a good win uh, for Sigma. Uh, I forecast the company. I have it as a hold. I assume the status quo. I thought the EBOS might fight a little harder to keep it. Um, compelling, um, compelling offer put forward by Sigma, obviously, which Chemist Warehouse has accepted. Hence the. Uh, share price reaction. So if you go back a number of years when Sigma um, had the full chemist warehouse contract in full flight, stock was $1.30, $1.50, you know, still only 80 cents. Not saying that's where it's going, um, but it's when I saw the announcement, I thought the market will like this, mm-hmm. even though this Sigma's mm-hmm. basically writing a $100 million check uh, to get the, get the contract. It's still very positive from a Sigma point of view and it helps management receive its uh, medium term objectives, which is to get EBIT in sort of a one to two or one and a half to two and a half percent range. So good, good outcome for Sigma. I thought an EBOS is down, I think 12 percent. Yeah, 14 percent now by my numbers. Okay, so Um, let's just talk about this just for a touch. So you've currently got a hold rating on Sigma. That was pre this contract announcement. So do you reckon that there'll be a re-rating of this company? Like where would you put the price target? Look, we've seen it. Uh, I need to crunch the numbers and I couldn't tell you. Uh, (laughs) I I didn't didn't crunch the numbers. Um, But I mean, it's, you know, the share price is up 20%. So one would assume um, consensus will lift by 20%. Uh, checking this morning, there were a few sells on the stock. I yeah. mean, because there's a sell from City underweight Morgan Stanley. Everybody else is sort of a, a hold or neutral. So there was always some chance that someone was assuming that Sigma would lose their component 
mm. their own component because it, it, it could have uh -huh. got all to EBOS. Um, so anyone who was assuming that will have to put through material upgrades. So we will see consensus upgrades overnight no doubt, mm -hmm. uh, at least in proportion to today's share price move. So, so is it a buy, hold, sell today? I have to say hold because I've currently got a hold, um, but I don't think it's going down mm -hmm. anytime soon. Yeah, but do you think that uh, the uplift is now reflected in the price? You know, this contract is now reflected in the price after this 23%? At this point in time, yeah. I'm saying hold. <laughs> I'm trying. I think All that's right. a fair assumption to make. I think. Would you buy, hold, or sell this today? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Not going there. Um, Why? The one thing that comes to mind is, um, I think it was a Roman emperor at one stage that said, "One more victory like this, and we're done." Um, I'm more focused on the on the fact what what Sigma has to throw in here to get that contract out of out of the EBOS. So I, while while the, while the revenue might might increase by sixty percent, I Margins. think I think you will see that the, the to get this contract, they would have had. They would have done major uh, concessions on the on the margin. Uh, I mean, it sounds a lot, two billion dollars, but if your margin is very low, I'm pretty certain this will be a low margin contract. Um, obviously, it's a big blow for uh, for EBOS. EBOS is uh, by far the superior uh, operator in that in that sector, and they took away the contract previously. Um, Yes, they get punished today, but I would still prefer EBOS on, on the basis of uh, their um, execution in the past, and they will find they will find ways elsewhere. Um, for Sigma, is that eternal? I mean, is this now gonna? I think it, it'll tie them in with Chemist Warehouse now. It's I, I think as an investor, there's always these unforeseen that you can't predict, and I think this is a case where where Sigma really was in a very weak position. Um, you can if you if you open up a ten year price chart, you'll see that the share price basically has gone nowhere um, we, uh, amongst daily volatility. And I think they, they sort of had to do something because otherwise the pressure just continues building on. And ultimately, they might actually end up in serious trouble. Um, this is a survival of, of Sigma, I think. But does it make them a fantastic investment? I very much have my doubts here. Uh, leopards don't easily change their stripes. and. Uh, as Warren Buffett likes to say, turnaround stories, they seldom really turn around. Mm -hmm. You're just uh, name dropping and up. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, any rebuttal or no? Like, Look, what I do you know? Um, did, you, did you do any work on the margin side? Yeah, the, the chemist warehouse margins historically, uh, was, I guess, backing out what they reported, gross margins around 7%. So they're certainly not going to be higher than 7%, mm. but they'd probably still be in the sixes because uh, mm. the company needs to make mm. money because they run a large um, infrastructure uh, in terms of the warehousing and the trucks. Yeah. Um, and part of well, the reality is that when they lost that half of the chemist warehouse contract, the infrastructure stayed in place. So mm. they, got, they copped operating leverage in reverse. So although... Who wins in this deal? Chemist warehouse wins in this deal. Chemist mm. warehouse always wins. You always back the group. You also get 24 million in assets or in cash. Mm -hmm. the, but with the alignment of interest, um, Chemist House will grow. I believe that will grow. They're, mm -hmm. I think they're the, uh, well, certainly one of the most recognised brands in the country. I think they advertise on par with some of the big retailers, so that they will grow. Um, and Sigma will get pulled along with that mm -hmm. growth like they used to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it came at a cost, um, but losing it came at a greater cost. So yep. winning it back 
again, you always need to concede something. Candice Wells always wins ultimately. Um, But Sigma needed to do something to restore its capacity to close to 100%, currently around 50%. They got there with this contract win. Share price likes it. I think you'll see analyst upgrades. the risk last time they had the entire Chemist Warehouse contract was that Chemist Warehouse could walk away every five years. And they did. Yeah. No, no, they've secured that so now. Now you think it's, it's yeah. safer because they'll stick around for longer. And because they own 10% limps of the ultimate company, they can't squeeze Sigma too much without squeezing their own shareholding because it's a related party now. So I think it's win win. Chemist Warehouse, yeah. I think it's 60% Chemist Warehouse win, mm. 40% Sigma win but they both win. Okay. Guys, thanks. We'll move on from the stock of the day. Really do appreciate your insights there. And we'll get to the first company on our list from our viewers. This is for Roger. He's a regular viewer and it's MTO. So is this a value play considering a current dividend yield of 12.5%? So Motorcycle Holdings was one of those companies that was um, expected to do really well in stimulus when everybody was getting their checks. is this a company that can still continue to perform when we've got consumers? Why are you laughing? I am laughing because of the the, the introduction you're yeah, giving, okay. and, I, and I know what's coming. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what do you think? Motorcycle Holdings is it is it attractive as okay. a okay. value play considering its dividend yield? See, the first thing the first thing I'm going to pick up here is a dividend yield. Um, investing is like driving a car or like a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. right? You look in front of you. Because otherwise, you don't know what's coming ahead of, and you need to know what's ahead of you, right? Yeah. The 12.5% dividend yield is based on last year's payout. Mistake number one in investing, you never estimate the dividend yield that's on offer from last year's payout. Yeah. Because why is the share price where it is? Everyone thinks they're going to cut their dividends, right? That's why you seemingly have 12.5%. This, it very seldom happens, maybe occasionally with, with a coal producer, but normally it very seldom happens that a stock offers 12.5% dividend yield and that dividend is effectively paid out. Mm. Right? Uh, I remember the times when, when Telstra offered 16% and then they cut their dividends. I remember when AMP offered 12% and then they didn't pay anything out. Yeah? That's the share market talking to you. So. Rule number one, you look forward, they are going to cut their dividends. Now the question is, is the balance between them cutting their dividends and the share price that's beaten down, is that still, yep. I mean, it's a small cap, it's a very small cap, there's, there's not much there. Personally, I wouldn't go there. Uh, I also have question marks about the electrification of, of, of transport and uh, motorcycles, last time I checked, is part of the, is part of the mix. Um, the share market is telling you the company is basically in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yes, you can still gain because you probably still get maybe seven, eight percent yield, maybe six because they're going to cut. Not, you don't know how much they're going to cut exactly. Um, personally, I like I like to buy companies in better shape. Okay, so that's Rudy's view on motorcycle holdings. Uh, look, it is focusing on cost management. It's trying to cut costs. It as well knows that consumer spending is likely to slow if not already slowed. So again, when you look at the price uh, versus what the future might hold, what do you make? So because of the price, I accept what you're saying on the dividend yield, it probably does go down. Uh, I mean, it's, it's very cheap at the moment. I'm gonna call it a hold because I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it today. The revenue grew uh, and they've made some acquisitions, but their costs grew faster. 
and their revenue, so the EBITDA went backwards. So first red flag. Um, seems to seems to be at least one major shell selling out in size until until that line is cleared. Stock isn't going anywhere, but down. So you've got time on your hands. It is clearly discretionary spend, um, but then you look at new car sales last month, they went up again. Yeah. So discretionary spend is defying gravity, and I'm going to throw in, I think the RBA will raise because of that, because yeah. of the motorcycle yeah. spending. Um, but we keep waiting for all forms of discretionary spend to take mm. a hit, but new car sales were record for May. Right, so, um, but they've also moved into repair and maintenance, smash work, so there's always demand for that. So part of it is steady um, steady earnings, but they themselves are putting out a cautionary outlook Mm -hmm. statement. So they're not basically saying, rev your engines, get on board. So I'm gonna call it a hold, only because it's fallen so far. I wouldn't rush in to buy it. Um, if you're prepared to accept the volatility, the the bumpy ride that is the next three months until their Mm -hmm. August result, I would hang on. You don't. You don't need to be there. But if you've ridden this much pain, I'd probably hold on to see if they can pull some levers and um, have a, a better FY twenty four. I always hope that if if they have had the pain, at least they learn the lesson. Because if you don't learn the lesson, that's a double negative. Yeah. Let's get to the second company that's been picked by our viewers. We don't have a lot of context, but Peter has said, "Can you take a look at Blue Scope Steel BSL?" So taking a look at what the brokers are saying on Blue Scope. Uh, pretty favorable buy from City UBS. Morgan Stanley's overweight. Neutral Macquarie. Ordbanet is a lighten. So when you think about Blue Scope Steel, Philip, you like? I do. Uh, we like stocks with pricing power. They surprised the market recently with price increases. They put price, there's demand for their products. I won't pretend I understand all the different types of coated steel products that they sell, but they're doing very well in North America and they were able to put prices up recently and that surprised mm-hmm. the market, hence the, hence the share price move. So on, on analyst forecasts, there's still another 20% in it with a, with a 3% dividend yield. It's covered by 13 analysts, so you'd say that that's a pretty good spread. Um, companies who have recently put out a very positive trading update have got some pricing pressure and an ability to demonstrate that they've managed cost inflation better than anybody mm-hmm. else. Uh, I think it's worth a look. I, I think it's a buy. I think it's got a little bit more to run. Uh, what they sell, I understand it's more recycled stuff than, than, than you know, new stuff that we sell to, um, to China in particular. Uh, it's probably stronger for longer. It's probably a safe place, famous last words, to put some money at the moment. So I would call it a buy because that was a good training update and things for them probably aren't going to turn around negative anytime soon. So safe place to have some money. Blue Scope Steel by Hold Sell Rudy? Well, at least we're going to have some television here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to take the opposite view here. Um, but I agree with, 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 with Phil. Um, this is probably one of the, the highest quality cyclicals we have on the, on the share market. Um, but um, the key word is still cyclicals. I still think that we, we will see more of economic slowdown coming. Key is, are we ever given a recession in the US or not? My, my, my money is with the recession. I'm not so sure whether you want to own a company like Blue Scope, which has a very high uh, cost level they can't reduce, and it works both ways. Um, before you know it, you're making losses. In the good times, you're making exceptionally uh, uh, profits. Uh, at the moment, it's going well. Um, China, you probably buy on the, on, the, on the expectation that China might do some stimulus with their, with their property markets, but I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm basically I'm not quite sure. I think the market is, the reason why it's below uh, targets, I think the market is taking a, 
a very balanced view on it. Might go either way, and the share price is therefore around $20. I think you have a, you have a better proposition if the share price is a lot lower. Um, the, the whole thing with cyclicals is you have to get your timing right. If you own them in the wrong time, you're going you're gonna to sit on a lot of losses and you have to exert a lot of patience. At this point in time, I'm not so sure about Blue Scope. So I, I definitely, I wouldn't be there. Okay, so would you sell it if you had it? And oh, sell it. If I could bear the losses, if, if things turn negative in the second half, I would hold it. Um, if I would not take that risk, I would sell it. Okay. All right, so that is Blue Scope Seal. Let's get to our first retailer in depth. Let's talk Levisa. This is for James. He's saying, is the latest weakness simply baby out with the bathwater post universal stores downgrade? And that is the question. So last week, you know, Levisa was sold down. Actually, a lot of the retailers were sold down just mm -hmm. in sympathy with one another. Is the story at Levisa fundamentally different? What I'm very disappointed about is that he actually used the joke I was going to use about the baby in the bath. Mm. Okay, now we've had that one. Yeah, now we've had that one. Um, I actually will take a, a, a different view on Lovisa. I, I, I'm a very strong believer in that you, you look at what actually drives companies and whether they are a quality company or not. I think this is one of the quality retailers we have on, on the stock exchange. And the story is actually not so much what they're selling next month in all these little shiny thingies. Um, the story actually is that they are basically uh, constantly increasing their footprint into Poland, into India, into China, etc. If that story continues, then this share price today will be a steal in years to come. The problem is that in the short term, you get, you get your sentiment, you get your general retailer. So I would actually take the view that you can, you can give management and the company here um, the, the benefit, benefit of, the, of doubt. the doubt yes okay and so you you own it here and you take the short-term volatility which at this point in time is simply sentiment in the market mm -hmm. and, and basically market right. inferring that having said so universal store was considered to be one of those mm -hmm. relatively safer retailers and they came out with a profit yeah. warning. So you have the risk, of course. So would you just wait for LaVisa though? Like we're talking today. So yeah, the share price has been coming under pressure. We saw it on that chart. Well, but if you think that yes. there's more bad news coming in retail, we're going to potentially get an interest rate hike this afternoon. Like, is there any rush to go out and buy LaVisa? No, there's not a rush. But at the same time, the share price has come down a lot. And and that's just in, in a matter of, of a few weeks. Um, so if, if you want to take a balance between the two, then you start nibbling. So you buy a little bit, then you're already there, you, you, your interest is peaked, it's in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. If the share price goes up, good on you. You're already making profits, you can always buy more. If it comes down, you, you buy some more and then you have a, you have a lower entry price. Okay, uh, Phil, what do you make of all that? Strong buy, it's there you a go. strong buy. Uh, it's one of the better businesses I've seen, certainly in retail in general in a, in a long time. Uh, it has been thrown out with the bathwater. 80% um, gross margin. You know, that tells you something. How many retailers get 80% gross margin? We'll talk about one that does later, but they get 80% gross margin. Um, store rollout, large store footprint. I think there are over 700 stores globally, adding 100 per annum. So they've got market share gains. Mm -hmm. And what are we hearing in all parts of retail at the moment? Trading down, trading down, trading down. Mm -hmm. They yep. sell $20 earrings, $10 
Hello. Pinking ring. So <laughs> it's the one. Oh, I know. I've got Karen two girls. For, exactly. But not only that, I was saying yeah. to the newsroom today, <clears throat> my LaVisa earrings do not hurt my ears at all. And I've got a few. And these ones are yeah. quote unquote good earrings. No. And no. <laughs> my ears too. are sore. <laughs> I, I've done the research. I hear that a lot. The expensive earrings out the door. That's so so I, I think, go. look, it, it, famous last word. If, if LaVisa has a profit warning, we are in dire trouble. Okay, so all right. Sell everything okay. and run. Well, so. um, I think that the other retailer you were alluding to is sort of <coughs> next on the list. I moved okay. them together just so we could keep going with this. This one's okay. for Lana. So, so again, yeah. you know, you've got baby bunting today at yeah. Dares. We knew that the housing market was um, coming off and people had spent big, so, so cycling those comps. But um, Premier Investment. So everybody calls it a quality retailer, great management. Has it come off enough to make it appeal? We cover it. We think it's a buy. I, I think it's a buy. Mm. Um, few things people don't realise. I had a look at the Australian Bureau of Statistics clothing data, except that some people put out proper warnings. Clothing is more de- more defensible than people think. During mm. the worst the worst down year, I think it was down four percent. Unless your city chic. And there was an inventory issue. So one thing Premier has demonstrated over a number of years is just their brand managers understand inventory. If something's not selling, discount it, get it off your books. If something because they trade in multiple hemispheres, if something's selling well um, in the UK, for example, with Smeagol, push it through Australia and vice versa. So they've demonstrated over a long period of time that they know how to manage inventory. Uh, they don't disclose the. Um, individual gross margins, but if, if Levis is getting 80%, Smeagol's getting 80%, you would have thought. Smeagol is back to school and Northern Hemisphere is still getting back to normal. They closed a lot of stores during COVID. Um, you might not buy your kid a motorcycle this year. You're mm. probably going to buy him or her a new lunchbox, a new backpack, a new etc. when they go back to school. You, you will and buy them a motorcycle, which is a gum. Which is gum, yeah. The right. um, and um, Peter Alexander, they recently announced that they're mm. taking that offshore. Mm. It's mm. Had been a cracking success mm. in Australia. It's simple pajamas, but they sell. Yeah. And they've got offshore uh, store rollout in Smeagol and Peter Alexander. They've got over 1.2 billion on the balance sheet in cash, Breville mm. and Meyer. Plenty of opportunity for a special dividend for a buyback. So for me, uh, this one stood up well during mm. COVID. They. They, are very, they will have some staff cost rises as all the retailers do. We saw mm. minimum wage go up. They are very, very good at negotiating with their landlords. Very, very good. So we've seen Sally- Putting um, it mildly. Yeah, I'm, I'm being polite. So <laughs> they will not sit on their laurels and say, oh, cost of doing business no. going up. Oh, well, yeah. no, they will push back and push back hard. Um, so I actually think it's, it's a screaming buy at these levels. Um, no trading update from them yet, famous last words. They, they started the year well. Um, I think it's a buy. They have a different, so a, they have he, a different cycle, don't January, they? January, yeah. yeah. He July, actually yeah. said, yeah, they're not reporting yeah. in August. July, yeah. Um, Phil says screaming buy. I know, I know. How can, how can I go, how can how can I go beyond that? Screaming buy. How can I go beyond that? Listen, um, is McKenna still there? No. You just no. left Mr. JB yeah. Hi-Fi uh, runs oh. it now, Richard. Yeah, so exactly. Well, that's not that's, that's not that's not our endorsement. I mean, you, you often hear people. I mean, everything that Phil said, you can, you can hardly uh, ignore this. I mean, uh, we, we spoke about um, we, we basically we mentioned all the good retailers on on the on the stock exchange. I mean, we mentioned Breville, we mentioned uh, Premier Investments, Lovisa, and JB Hi-Fi. Right? Those are probably the the four best retailers we have. Maybe with Accent Group in, uh, thrown in there. Um, I mean, Solomon Lou and his crew they know retail. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even though 
my suspicion <coughs> is that at some point we will see disappointing retail sales in Europe, UK, etc., etc. But these guys can sort of manage the cycle, and even if it's a little bit of weakness, there's probably just just temporary volatility. So I mean, if there is, there are not many companies that you can say with confidence you buy them and you back management. But I think premium investments would be would be one of them. Is the screaming buy? Well, that's a little bit. I mean, you you, you get you do get your 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 dividends and they're growing um, because it's a retail. You also get your volatility, but I think you can back management here. It's it's. I think it's a buy. Okay, we've got uh, two. Ooh, goes nice. to the Two double buys. Goes to the committee. Yeah, all right. Uh, looking forward to that. And actually, a reminder, we've got the new episode of the Investment Committee going live this afternoon at 4, well, probably 4.20 once we're done with the COB. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting that up in front of you all as well to see how or what has changed, if anything. Let's get to the last here before we take the halfway mark. And we've got Southern Cross Electrical SXE as the fifth stock picked by Ben. Ben and everyone watching, listening, don't forget this is um, not financial advice. You still need to do your own research or or get advice if you can. Um, yeah, it's information only right now. Phil, you know this one, don't you, really well. We've spoken about this before. Yeah. Um, I still think it's a sell. Um, they've uh, they had guidance, they've pulled their guidance back a bit, revenue weaker than they, um, they forecast, although they're still saying flat EBITDA. The concern remains, they've got a large mining customer contract rolling off. It's, it provides electrical products to the mining industry, among others. They still um, haven't replaced that revenue in their latest trading up that they said, it's taken them longer than they expected mm-hmm. to replace that revenue. You don't want to hear that. Um, so for me, Call it a wait and see. Call it you know, until we, till we. We've seen before where big contract rolls off. Analysts love to take yesterday's numbers and grow it, right? Yeah. So when the contract rolls off, it's oh dear, I didn't think about that, and down we go. Yeah. Right? It's the opposite of what we saw in Sigma mm-hmm. today. So uh, if they haven't replenished it in the time that rolls off, we may well see some downgrades in the stock. So mm-hmm. for me, it's too early. Uh, I would sit out and wait. Um, it's a hold slash sell. I would sit out and wait for them to get through this year, um, start to give perhaps give FY24 guidance, talk about the order book for next year. And yeah, it's just too early. I don't like the fact that they're relying on one dominant contract that's going and it's taking mm-hmm. longer to replace. So it's, it's a no need to be there for I'll, me. I'll, I'll throw a few other negatives in. It's, it's, it's really, really a small cap stock. Um, the volumes on, on given days in the in the trading volumes it can be quite low. Um, investors should always remind it's very easy to get into a stock, but you need to get out at some point. Um, the other thing I will throw in is because it's so small, it's it's very cyclical, and you see that in the share price as well. So again, the thing I said earlier, those small cap cyclicals, you want to get your timing right. At this point in time, I'm not so sure whether this is the right timing to jump on. Um, so I would draw a right bow about it and, and go to uh, lesser risky stocks in the share market. That's a sell. Lovisa might be one, or premium investments. Yeah, well, there you go. <coughs> in keeping um, putting your money where your mouth is. Yep, all right. So look, we are at the halfway mark. And so let's just review what we have learned so far. Okay, so our stock of the day was Sigma. It is a hold for Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. He's doing his work on the new numbers now that we've got this chemist warehouse uh, contract extended and less risk because it's now an 11% shareholder of Sigma. So yeah, will it get rolled over in five years? More likely now, I think, was the conclusion. Uh, Rudy still prefers Eboss, that company that, um, yeah, lost the contract at Chemist Warehouse. 
Uh, he just doesn't think that there's a lot of upside in capital gains to be seen in Sigma from here. Wonders about margins. Motorcycle holdings, it's a no-go for Rudy. I uh, just wouldn't go there. Cycles against it. And um, yeah, we've also got EVs coming. So there's a lot of change happening in the industry. It's a hold um, if you've already lost money if you if you're already ridden the wave down I should say don't know when you bought in um you, he would hold it but yeah he's not um, overly enthusiastic about where we are at the cycle for motorcycle holdings uh, blue scope seal is a different story Phil would buy it he reckons there's more to run um yeah Rudy doesn't think so so he's just talking about the broader macro environment and in a high cost business like that, things can go wrong. Levisa, it is a strong buy for Philip Pepe. You heard why, it's a buy for Rudy Philippek Van Dyke. Quality, quality, quality retailer with international expansion. And that's what sets it apart from a lot of the other retailers. International exposure for Premier Investments as well. It's a screaming buy for Philip Pepe. You heard why. And uh, yeah, Rudy's just really happy to back management on this one. And, and not saying it's not gonna be volatile for even some of these quality retailers, but uh, yeah, I think it's when you think about the future is where these guys see the upside still coming now that we've seen these share prices coming off the boil. Southern Cross Electrical, it's a sell for both of my guests. Tough business to be in right now. Hasn't yet replaced uh, revenue that was lost as you just heard Phil explaining. So there you go. That brings us to the halfway mark. And we have got our portfolio to talk about. Take a look at this. It is the last time you will be seeing this pie chart, as it is, at least I think. I mean, I'll have to watch the episode myself, but uh, you can see that we've got Premier in there already. Uh, so nothing likely to change. We don't have LaVisa. Now, LaVisa won't be discussed in today's episode of the Investment Committee. It, because today's the day, it will be put in front of our committee the next time around. So there you go. Watch at 4.30 to see how things are going. I can tell you on a cumulative return basis, the fund is up by just over 10%. So we will keep doing what we do here. Those recommendations or sells will be put to the investment committee as per usual when they next meet. In this next half hour, we have Dreadnought Resources. We have Sinlay Milk, bit of news out in relation to A2 Milk today. CTI Logistics, I was chatting with a small cap investor about this one just last week. Aristocrat in the bigger end of town and John's Ling. Let's go to Dreadnought Resources. This one has been picked by Heath. It's amazing. We've not talked about any miners, mining companies, so explorers far. So, so far. far. So Dreadnought Resources. I dread not. <laughs> I thought it might be the case. It's uh, no revenue, uh, holes in the ground, um, small cap. Well, actually, it's actually micro, micro cap. Um, I mean, if you, it's basically sentiment that moves sh the share price, and there's little else in in in, in going on. Yeah, it's a five on. cent stock somewhere around. Yeah, there. and um, and I mean, it, it, the the volumes look look a lot until you realize it's five cents, five times a million. Huh? Doesn't make that much money. Um, I mean, I personally, I don't think it's an environment to, to put too much money in, in micro cap explorers, uh, just out of a risk assessment. I mean, so I would uh, not go there. Yeah, it's it's looking for gold. Um, you know, it's got a couple of JVs that are in, in train. Um, you know, what do you see when you look at Dreadnought Resources? The positive WA based, gold, uh, copper, nickel. So in the right space. The negatives are that size, uh, it's, it's a penny stock and their recent drill results weren't very exciting. Normally drill results get investors excited. 
the last one was sort of ho-hum. I think one broker covers mm. it and even they said, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, you, you just don't need to be there. I think no. you, you, it's, not, it's not a must-own. Um, only because there's probably, I'm not a geologist, but the re recent drill results didn't excite me as a layperson, mm. so I would just sell and come back in six months or revisit in six months to see if they've progressed any further, but mm. they'll run out of money at some stage, as all, a lot of explorers do. And Gap in hand. You you'll, might get a chance to buy yeah. back at lower, lower prices. Um, yeah. So I, I would just sit out. Okay, let's get to the next on the list. And this one is for Raju saying the share price is almost the lowest since it's listed. Is there any value if it can see a bit of a turnaround? Well, today share price is up by about 14%. A2 milk I mentioned rising as well. So um, what they've done is we've got China reopening access to uh, the A2 milk formula of which Sinlay um, you know, Sinlay processes it, it feeds into yeah. that uh, that milk formula. But uh, yeah, on the share price, Philip, I mean, down, I think 40, 48% so far this year for Sinlay. I mean, is this enough of a turnaround uh, or the beginnings of a turnaround for Sinlay? Do I want to say don't cry over spilt milk? Um, <laughs> two downgrades, tough sector. I, I'm still not bullish that China reopening trade. I listened with interest comments mm. out. Prime Minister made at a recent conference that were directed in one direction that that wasn't waving the trading in. Uh, Saved by today's announcement that you know they, they got the regulatory approvals through to, to make their product and the share market likes it. You just don't need to own this stock. Uh, it, it is I think it is pretty much well owned in the market. It's been around for a long time. It was you know people love the milk powder space at, at some stage. I just think it's too hard with their cost of doing business going up. Patch, let's call it patchy demand out of China. Um, I, I'm going to call it a sell. Take today's bounce as an opportunity to take whatever small profit you can and reinvest it into Premier and Levisa or um, something with yeah. more, more stable, more predictable earnings in this environment. And it sounds like Rajiv doesn't own it yet, but what um, what the guys, are, well, what Philip mm. just said is that it's not, there's not value in it. Do, would you agree? No, I'm not a big fan. It's Why? a contractor. It's yeah. a contractor. So basically, in, in a very simplistic sense, all the work is done by A2 Milk and all the problems are shifted towards the contractor. So the contractor has to deal with, with costs and, 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 and capacity and etc. And, and A2 Milk can easily leave that on the other side. The only problem for A2 Milk potentially could arise if, if, uh, if a larger player in the industry decides to, to basically uh, acquire Sinlet. Uh, but I believe that A2 Milk over the years has, has, has gained a small stake in them. So that's secured. Um, so if you want to go in that in that sector, go with the company that counts. Go with the marketer. Go with A2 Milk. Don't go with Sinlet. Um, I mean, um, I've never been a big fan of, of, of buying the contractor. They, they've, <laughs> they've been announcing for years they're going to try to wean themselves off that extreme reliability on A2 Milk, and it, it hasn't eventuated because it's much more difficult to do than you think it is. In, in particular, if that industry is no longer booming. Right? So you either go with A2 Milk or you just don't go there. The bounce today is nice because when share prices sell off so much, there's always a bounce at some point. I mean, there's always a trigger somewhere, but it doesn't say anything about longer term what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So from a risk adjustment perspective, you either buy A2 milk or you don't go there. But would you buy it? You would buy A2 milk? Um, after the share price has come down such a, such a long way, you could actually give, give them the benefit of the doubt, I think, yes. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, the glory days are not, not, not coming back anytime soon. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so that was Sinlay Milk and that was for Raju. So let's get on to the next company, which is CLX is the ticker code, CTI Logistics. This is for Yaz. Ah, we've got some context. Bought in around $1.50 over a few weeks due to low volume of trades, uh, looking to be a medium term hold. So I guess the question is, should should Yaz keep holding CTI Logistics? I'm not going to you because this is a small company. I will go to you after, and then we'll go to Phil because, uh, yeah, no offense, but he doesn't have the bias to start. Um, so CTI Logistics. So um, earnings have been pretty solid, I think, as of late, and it's also got land and buildings that it owns, which is what I was speaking with Peter Johns from West Ferry about. But we did have a robust conversation, you know, whether or not. Um, this is value or a value trap? What do you think? It looks like a good business. Um, logistics company based out of Perth. We like logistics. There's been supply chain issues for a number of years that are now being declogged. Uh, they're getting back to um, full capacity. They've managed labour cost increases quite well. Uh, and they've done very well out of the WA market. My main, con- and that's, in- that's resulted in a decent turnaround in profitability. Main concern is, is WA market focused and it's very liquid, very small free float, small market cap, very tightly held. I think it's 70% owned by the insiders. So it is really one for the punters. If you can get stock, that's great. I'm gonna call it a hold because to try and buy this, you're probably gonna push the share price yes. up. So yes. it's a good business doing well. It's not a sell, um, but the liquidity and the free float for me puts it a hold at best. So if you got in there, fantastic, congratulations. Hang on for the ride, mm. uh, but it's, it's not a buy, just it's too liquid. And that's where I'll, we start I'll, with you. I'll, I'll follow in one of my one of my personal experiences in in the in the bear market of 2000 2003. I owned a biotech company, a very small one, um, and I actually doubled the price to which I got in. And, and the share price was just sitting there at 100% profits at, from the moment uh, I decided, okay, let's let's take my profits off the table. Um, I got a statement from the stockbroker, and Arbeski had no profits, no gains, and no losses. And I said, how is that possible? I mean, the share price was double. Well, I was the only one selling. Right? And if there's no volume, that's what you do, right? And, and that would be my, f- my first warning because I, I looked at the numbers as well. And, and, and purely the numbers, they look, they look great for this company. It's doing well. But you look at the share market and you go like, my goodness. I mean, like, if, 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 my, my, if your kids throwing their, their Sunday money in there, you double the share price. Right? So you have to be careful with the intention of have a medium term hold and I'm constantly adding more money. Ultimately, you might be the one that, that moves the share price and you will move the share price when you get out. I mean, it becomes a lobster pot where you basically can't get out. So that would be my, my main concern with this one is that the volumes can be so low that um, if that happens at the wrong time and you think about selling your shares, you can't actually. Okay, so um, it sounds like he has, you know, got in slowly, um, but would hold, would you hold if you're a no, yes? I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't. I would, I would only have a very limited amount of money in there if I would go in there in the first place. Okay. All right, so there you go. Yes, hope that does help you at least start your process of um, thinking where you go next with it. Emma has written in, no context here, but about aristocrat. So um, yeah, let's just start the conversation with with you, Rudy, maybe. Um, what do you think of aristocrat right now in uh, so far as, as well? We've got um, you know US recession looming. Shareholder. I've been shareholder for 
long time. And uh, you only have to put up a 10-year price chart to see why I'm smiling every morning. Um, this is one of the prime growth stories on the ASX. Very much underappreciated because at the end of the day, it, 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 it has a substantial part in pokies. And a lot of people don't like pokies. That, that's, that's fair enough. Um, but if you can look beyond that, this, uh, this remains, in my view, um, if you back management and their strategy moving into basically online gaming, uh, increasing their market share, doing acquisitions, uh, very high margins, the land-based poker machines uh, are basically making a comeback after the, the, the lockdowns from, uh, from the years uh, in the past. Great business. I mean, it's absolutely uh, run uh, very smoothly and very profitably. The only thing you see in the share price is basically share market volatility. The advantage I find is that because it's, it has that bad ESG wrap, it never really becomes extremely overvalued. So you can basically, it's, it's your typical buy and hold, hold stock. You don't have to worry that it's at some point it's going to trade on 50 times next year's profit or so. It's never going to happen. I mean, it probably goes to 28 or so. You go, well, yeah, all right. In the meantime, you're cashing your dividends and... What's the dividend yield? Um, I haven't looked, but I would think it's about 4%. Okay. Oh, you can probably check it there on yeah. that one, <laughs> Is it that low? It's oh. had a good run. I mean, oh, well. Maybe that's coming up, Craig. 1.5. So it's, it's, still on, it's still on high multiples, but it, it never gets to, uh, to multiples which are similar to a, to a Y-Stack or, or an Altium or, or, or even a CSL. You know? But it's, um, I mean, people who've had it over the years uh, have done really, really well out of this stock. And this growth story is not, it's not ending yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, I think that its earnings are expected to be weighted to the second half. But that, what you're saying is you're not, you don't worry about reporting season coming. You don't worry about earnings. And, and, you, and, not, and you just mentioned the recession, people in the recession. Do you think they stop gambling. gambling or gaming online? Mm-hmm. No, don't think so. Okay, so that is how Rudy feels about Aristocrat. How about you? I think it's a buy. Uh, it's demonstrated over a long period of time. They are dominant in their space. So yeah, a large part of what they do is create games for pokies. And they've been number one for a long period of time. And if you're number one, the casinos and venues just buy number one. There's no, there's a no-brainer. You don't, you can take a risk on number two, number three, and they might discount. You buy number one, you, you get the outcome. Doing very well in the US. Hate to say it is recession-proof. I don't understand the psychology of gambling. A previous aristocrat CEO explained it to me. Some people drop $100 on dinner. Some people drop $100 on gaming. It's it's their euphoria. It's their entertainment. It's, yeah. You can watch a movie. I'll sit there up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, it is very defensive. It's not the first thing people cut when in terms of cutting spending, even though they should. They don't. Yeah. Um, it will continue to do well. So I think it's a buy. It's 20% upside if you believe uh, the consensus price target. It'll probably get upgraded as analysts feel more comfortable in upgrading a gaming stock. It's not for everyone because it fails ESG, but for those who like to make money legally, which this is, <laughs> it's a quality business. It is a long term. Maybe buy. something to throw in as well, but that I think that's <coughs> not often uh, added to the companies like Aristocrat that continue to grow for a decade and longer. They are consistent making investments along the way. It's not just about squeezing that one product that you have or that one market share and then squeezing it as much as you can. They are constantly investing. That's basically the difference. And that's the reason why also it, it, 
in recent years, it basically has outspent the competition with the result that it's a much better market positioning and it has increased its market share. That's how you uh, win from the, from the competition. You, you basically operate on a better level and you spend more money, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the, the growth story. Yeah. Okay, so it's a buy from both of my guests yeah. for aristocrat and another one going to the committee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh I think it, it might be in there. I'm, I'm yeah, terrible at remembering be, yes. everything that's in and what's out. Not my job. Okay, let's go to John's Ling. G L J L G, apologies. Mm. This is for Grant. This one comes up quite a bit on the program, mm. I've gotta say. Um, mm. and that is because it's been winning a lot of business. Mm. And the question always is, will it continue to win that business? I like it. I had a look at it. I think it's a buy. Um, they had been winning a lot of business. It's in the, call it engineering and construction, repair and maintenance segment. The Rebuilding certain, after disasters, yeah, natural disasters. Like. Love anything exposed to insurance because that is non-discretionary spend. Something breaks, you've got to fix it. Insurance company pays for it, charges him more the following year for the same level of protection. So they're in a good space. They're winning market share. Uh, I think they've made some acquisitions or growing into other sectors. So they're in commercial, uh, industrial, government strata, all very recurring revenue type um, segment. It's a fragmented market, as I understand it, growing at about 5%. Um, they can certainly win market share in that type of market. They've seemed to have managed costs well, um, not expensive. It's on, um, you know, it's negligible dividend yield. It's about 15% TSR. If you believe analysts numbers uh, it's probably coming upgrade but mm. it's in the right space fragmented industry company doing very well seems defensive in terms of its revenue um yeah i like it i, I think it's a buy i think it's worth um worth owning some i don't think i ever remember sitting here and having sent so many companies to the committee <laughs> <laughs> you can you can add me for a buy as well really um what what doesn't work for ama group because they also work for insurers, mm -hmm. uh, it, it definitely works for, for John Sling here. People, again, similar with Aristica, not everyone likes them because they are the guys who come to your house and, and have to do repairs after something mm -hmm. happened and not everyone, everyone thinks they're doing it on the cheap because they're not going to do the great job uh, at it. But um, it, it, it really works and, and the reason why the market probably is holding back a little bit, they, they moved into the United States because they come from here. And there's always, there's always a little bit of risk when you move into different markets. And, and the United States is a big market, and a lot of Australian companies ultimately came back with this tail between the legs. Uh, but at the moment, there's no reason to suggest that they, they might fail over there, uh, or that all of a sudden their, their growth trajectory is, is, is halting or whatever. Um, it's one of those stocks, again, it's, it's a small cap. Uh, it moves with market volatility. Uh, it pays a dividend. Dividends grow every year. Revenues are growing, uh, acquisitions are being integrated. Uh, I think you just—it's one of those that you that you that you buy. You take the volatility on board. Okay, buy volatility on hold for those of you thinking about sending an email. Um, yes, some stocks you hold even through volatility. Yes. Yes. Okay. And some you don't. And some you don't. <laughs> it's clear. There's a, there, there should be you should you should be able to to recognize which of, ones. I um, think a lot of investors, a lot of people who follow charts really closely. Just don't like it's be some, holding it's, on. It's when sometimes the what you, it's so, exactly. It's sometimes what you don't see on the chart, and that and obviously it's about knowing the companies, knowing the markets they're in, and sometimes giving them the benefit of that on the basis of of, of track records. Yeah, you agree? agree? No, I agree. And it's also in a good industry, so it's like we're, it's not something where if interest rates do go up today, that they're going to see demand drop by fifty percent. Mm. No. It just won't. So. 
And uh, there's different styles of investing, right? Yep. And uh, we respect them yep. all. Okay, so <clears throat> that brings us to the halfway mark. We've got a couple minutes up our sleeves. Before I sum it up, I just I just think that you know we're very conscious of where we are right now in terms of June. You know, we're talking about confession season to begin. So if this is a historically yes. return to normal confession season, we yep. get these downgrade comings because of where we are in the cycle. Does that mean that once we get to reporting season, we won't see the big sort of knee-jerk reaction? Oh, not not necessarily. Um, we only have to, we also have to realize there's two elements here. One is they only have to update the market if it's if it's an aberration of yeah. more than fifteen percent. Mm -hmm. So. 11.5% missing your forecast, that's still okay, okay. Very, they yep. think. The other thing is, it's not necessarily about the result, it's about the forecast. Forecast. And a lot of in August will hinge on, oh, mm. it might be a little bit more. Yeah. Why, why is it relatively easy to say that we will have a confession season? Is In, in February, while uh, companies on average uh, performed relatively okay, not fantastic, but okay, we, we have a larger than usual so-called second half club. Mm -hmm. So you have these companies on the stock exchange that, that can't really match expectations in the first half, but then they say to investors, we're going to make we're up for make it, it in, in the, the second, second half. half yeah. This year, in February, the second half club was just under 50%, 5-0, so it's about 48, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't think it has ever been that high. Right. Well, maybe in 2020, but we didn't know what was happening. But So that's a very high percentage where companies need to make up in the second half, and economic momentum is slowing in this, at the moment, and they still get things like the increase in staff costs and, and, and energy costs and stuff like that. So for a lot of companies, that is too much of an ask. Mm -hmm. So we will almost by definition get a lot okay. more. Agree? Look, look, I agree. Two, two themes I see coming through is a, the annualization of costs. So we know staff costs are going up, but we also know a lot of companies couldn't actually hire staff. So until you hire them, you know, take the hit on the bottom line. So mm -hmm. assuming people have been hiring, we've now got increased immigration, mm -hmm. you might see certain companies announce more staff on the books coming mm -hmm. to 30 June, and that comes at a cost where costs can grow disproportionately mm -hmm. to revenue, a la, say, motorcycle uh, holdings, yeah. for example. Um, interest is going to start to bite. Companies have had, some companies have had a lot of debt, um, haven't had to pay meaningful interest until yeah. that rolls off in some property trusts those rates are fixed for three years. So there's a mortgage cliff coming yeah. for some of the property trust sectors as well. And as we see that roll off, oh dear, we might see, a, a, you know, people talk EBITDA, yeah. but we might see downgrades to the profit before yeah. tax line. Um, and finally, we're all concerned about retail. A lot of these companies have July year ends, and the, the three key sales periods are Christmas, which has right. been and gone, Mother's Day, mm -hmm. End of financial year sales, mm. which we are about to start. In mm. fact, the emails have started already. Mm. So, mm. if things are well below the prior corresponding period, <clears throat> we might get to first of July and see some retailers say, "People came out spending last year. They put their checkbook away because we've had one or two mm. more interest rate rises." Mm. Um, but the, for me, I still come to the view that maybe corporates, certainly consumers, are in denial, and that interest rates aren't going down anytime soon. Mm. And the more people think that they will, the more they keep spending on the mm. motorcycle, mm. on the new car, and the new whatever. Because hey, I just need to tough it out for six months, but then we'll be fine. Once they realise that it's actually longer than six months, because we've seen some of the banks now increase their target cash rate to above four percent. Previously, oh no, it'll come back down. Yeah, okay, right. I'll just brace myself. Well, as soon as you realise that that's not going to happen, 
then you'll start to see the real impact on discretionary spend. Not at the $20 earrings, not at the mm. $5 pencils. Your motorbikes, your cars, your furniture, we're seeing some of that already. And yeah. we'll probably see more of that um, July, August, in my opinion. And let's, and let's face it, the mortgage clip has only just begun. Just begun. Mm, yeah. Well, I'll let you know, I did get some junk mail, no offense, LaVisa, from LaVisa while we were on air. And it's not actually sale in the title as opposed to all the others that are in my inbox. It's talking about the graduation edit. So there you go. There you go. Bit of um, anecdotal evidence for you. Okay, let's go through what we've learned now, guys. Dreadnought Resources, it's a sell for both of my guests. Sinlay Milk, that's a sell. Not a fan at all. And uh, there's just no need to own it in Phil's words. CTI Logistics, Rudy Ruiz about low volumes. It's a sell. It's a hold though, a pretty good business there. Um, but liquidity for Philip is an issue as well. Aristocrat, a double buy. Again, we've got three from this program. and. Four. Mm. We've got four. We've got four. I uh-huh. think this is some kind of a record. Yes, I think so too. And especially given Rudy's on. Anyhow, um, John Zling, a buy from both of my guests as well. <laughs> Guys, thank you. That was a good program. Really appreciate you coming in. Philip Pepe, Sean Partners, Rudy Philippek Van Dyke from FN Arena. And yes, I do have my FN Arena open when I'm hosting this program. <laughs> Props to you. Uh, look, please do keep sending our um, or your picks through. We really appreciate getting them and you can do it really easily. Uh, via osbiz.co forward slash call pick. So that's the program for today. Don't go anywhere though. We'll bring you through the pulse next.